0: last year on the sonic truth dynasty podcast
1: if you did any prep whatsoever looked at the rankings once check the show sheet once listen to the clip of marshawn lynch talking to john wertheim once
0: you would know all these things and it put me in a cage with the wolverine and i'll send that piece of shit back to hell where it came from no problem you are a fool Yeah. You know what? That Wolverine's a fool for getting in that cage with me.
1: My Uncle Tommy was killed by a Wolverine, Nate. And.
0: Oh, Krishan Hogan was a janitor last week. Because that's the lamest profession I could think of. It's not the lamest profession I could think of. At least I'm acknowledging that Krishan Hogan was a janitor. Props to him. Dude, fuck you. You are being burned worse than Logan Ryan last year. I wish I was in an electric chair right now. And. You're like a yoga pooper. Dude, that poop talk was great. People are going to appreciate that poop talk more than anything. and it's so unbelievable. <laughs> it's as if I was never there is really, really what pisses me off the most. I don't quite understand it myself. Historians will have to dig. But they will wonder who is the and company that they're referring to in this one comment. and
1: you have movie theater popcorn for your family. And if you're
0: a dad, you'll be a fucking hero. not like a fifth meal or fourth meal that taco bell claims what the fuck are you talking about
1: and no there isn't a deeper metaphor
0: there and it's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner and is this the time when you think people start masturbating to the show
2: Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. It's me, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And you can probably guess who's with me. It's Matt Kelly. You can follow him at Fantasy underscore Mansion. Matt, how did I do for my first time?
1: Oh, this is great. I feel good, man. I feel good. Big shoes you're stepping into, Marcus. Big shoes. Nate Liss was the host of the show, the co-host last season. He did a great job. He did some raps and he was gracious allowing me to tear him down and point out his mistakes, and he took it in stride. And, and that's what the audience appreciated most about Nate List, also his information. But one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you on as a co-host is your information is as good as it gets. And when Marcus says follow him on Twitter, he means go follow him on Twitter. And I'm telling you right now, you must go follow him at Marcus underscore Mosier because he will create threads on players, and he goes deep. He goes 20 tweets deep, 20 gifs deep, showing you why a wide receiver is either underrated or overrated. You need to go follow him, and you need to listen to what he has to say on this show. We're very fortunate to have him.
2: Well, that's far too kind, but let's jump right into the football, shall we? Yes. Yes. Yes, football. Is there a big game this weekend? Yeah, but do we actually care about that game? We've got other important things to talk about, right?
1: No, no, that's the thing. That's the, Because this is a Dynasty podcast, even though there is this thing called the Super Bowl that I've heard is going on, I heard it's happening, my wife said we have a party to go to, and I'm obliged to watch this game, and, and I'm sure there will be numerous attendees at this party asking me for my opinion because they know I'm a football guy. I don't care. I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl right now. I want to talk about dynasty leagues. I want to talk about players moving up and down. Is there anything that happened this week that might cause a player to move up or down dynasty rankings?
2: Well, we did have a trade. This has to set the record for the earliest trade in the offseason, right? Because we're not actually into the offseason.
1: It's not. No, I love this. I love this new trend. More transactions. We love the transactions.
2: The NFL needs more trades like this. We had a trade between the Washington team, I'm not going to mention, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Alex Smith is going to Washington uh, for a third-round pick, and Kyle Fuller, a slot cornerback who rated as our number one slot defender in the NFL 1000 at Bleacher Report. That is correct. He was the most efficient slot corner in the NFL. Boom. Young player, too. I think this was just his second year in the league. Crazy good. Scott McLaughlin, former Washington GM, said he would never have traded. Um, who do you think won this trade matt oh
1: scott mclaughlin yes of course with the hindsight bias the the bitter hindsight bias soaked former employee scott mclaughlin yes of course he would never have done that trade and no one no one of sane mind and body would have done that trade of course not that was a heist washington specializes in the heist they were heisted The Robert Griffin the Third trade was a heist with all the value going in the other direction, and the same is true with this trade, all the value going in the other direction, but which player moved up or down the most on the rankings post-transaction? Who's the big mover?
2: Well, here's the thing. I don't think too much has changed for most of the pieces here. I think... Most of your top guys, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, Jordan Reed, Chris Thompson, all those guys' value is going to stay about the same.
1: Push, 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 push. That's right. And the reason why the Kansas City offense enjoyed aberrant efficiency last season, so the enhancement that you might get from a Patrick Mahomes and his... Deeper depth of target and potentially more efficient offense, at least more deep passes, the more efficient throws, Mm -hmm. the benefits you'll get from Patrick Mahomes will be offset by the natural offensive regression that the Kansas City Chiefs are destined for in 2018. So most of the Kansas City Chiefs are awash post-trade, with the exception of Chris Conley. Chris Conley gets a boost, because Chris Conley was never going to be fantasy-relevant as an explosive outside playmaker tethered to Alex Smith. It was never going to happen, but you have to imagine that if there is a quarterback in the league, one quarterback, a single quarterback, if you had to pick the one quarterback in the league, that could fully unlock Chris Conley's athleticism and potential, it would be Patrick Mahomes. So if there's one mover on the Kansas City side, I would say it's Chris Conley going up, positive direction. What about with Washington? Who's the big mover there?
2: Yeah, for me, it's Josh Doxson. And I'm really upset about this. Oof. I thought he was a guy that was going to break out in his third year. Um, I thought he fit well with Kirk Cousins. And now the move to Alex Smith, I just think it kills his value. And outside of last year, Alex Smith is not known for his deep ball. It's just not a strength of his. And unfortunately, that's the strength of Josh Doxson. And I know a lot of people are going to hit on that point. But to me, the way I'm looking at it is Josh Doxson's fantasy value was going to be tied up into whether or not he could create plays in the red zone. He's this big athletic guy that can win with the ball in the air. That's not Alex Smith's game. He's not a quarterback that knows how to throw fades.
1: Or at least he's not comfortable throwing the fade in most situations.
2: Right. He's way more comfortable taking off and running himself rather than trying to throw some of those more uh, touch or accurate passes to the sideline. It's just not a strength of his game. So when I look at this situation, I see uh, Josh Doxson probably next year going to have to make a lot of his production out of deep you know deep passes he's going to need to convert 30 40 50 yards out um, rather than inside the 10 yard line I just don't like love the fit for Doxon
1: he's going to have to become better at yak and he's not good at yak I mean if there's one strength that Josh Doxon does not possess that we know for certain it's yards after the catch He's not wired that way. He has a low BMI. The low BMI wide receivers are typically poor after the catch. They go down easily. Tyreek Hill was able to supplement the splash plays with yards after the catch. That's how he became a top seven fantasy receiver. Josh Doxon does not have that luxury. You need that luxury when you have Alex Smith at quarterback. What do we see with the big fantasy relevant receivers in that Kansas City passing game last season? Yards after the catch from Tyreek Hill, yards after the catch from Travis Kelsey. That's the one thing we know Josh Doxon can't do, and I think that will doom him because the target share is not going to be there. He's going to get deep shot opportunities, but they're not going going to come frequently enough to make him a consistent fantasy producer week in, week out. This is crippling.
2: Now, can I break a little news on your show? Is, is that okay to, for me to do on the first, the first show? Break it. I have heard that teams teams have called about Josh Doxson, uh, about potentially trying to make a move for him. Um, I know for sure one team in the same division has already called about him. So. Let me
1: guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Who would be a good fit who might be losing their signature outside X receiver? Would it be the Dallas Cowboys?
2: You would be correct.
1: Boom. boom give me the correct answer. Sound effect. Yeah!
2: Would be cool. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's there next season. I don't think it's a lock, but as of right now, I think it, it's definitely a hit for Dachson's uh dynasty value.
1: I mean, we love Nate Liss, but Nate Liss broke exactly zero news on this show <laughs> for two fantasy seasons. Marcus Mojer has already surpassed him in the first episode. Well done. Well done, my Thank friend. You. Well
2: done. That'll probably be the last bit of news I break. So So
1: trade Josh Dockson and Dynasty now before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Now, did you read the news coming out of Boston that WEEI radio host Alex Reamer is suspended because he called Tom Brady's daughter a pissant? He didn't actually call her a pissant. He referred to her as a pissant as he was setting the scene for one of Tom Brady's contrived marketing videos on Facebook. But it got back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady cut an interview short, and WEI panicked and suspended Alex Reamer. And now these zombie Patriots fans are calling for Reamer to be fired.
2: What do you think should happen to Alex Reamer? Listen, this is sports radio, right? The whole point of sports radio is to get people upset. Wacky hijinks. Yeah, it's it's sports jock radio. You want people to get upset. So, and you know, that's this creates ratings and when we finally get a story that does this, we suspend the guy that made a
1: <sighs> innocuous remark.
2: It feels like it was kind of harmless. I, I I think he was more just joking about the situation, right? Right.
1: What if he'd called her a rug rat? Would anyone care? Would Tom Brady have cut that interview short? No, it What's the difference between a Rugrat and a Pissant? Is there really a big difference? Nothing. What are we talking about? semantics get out of here get out of here tom brady
2: is this the best story that we can come up for during super bowl media week apparently is this really the best one we get it is it is yeah it was a throwaway (sighs) remark
1: from alex reamer while he was describing a scene in one of brady's videos that he posted to his public facebook page followed by millions (laughs) of people so you're putting your daughter in a position to be talked about on sports radio tom how does he not know this Now, Reamer's getting railroaded. Tom Brady, get over yourself. W-E-E-I, get over yourselves. Tom, maybe next time, don't monetize videos of your daughter on Facebook if you really want to solve the problem. Fuck out of here, man. I love Tom Brady. I'm a Patriots fan. But you had to get the fuck out of here with the shit. I'm loyal to the radio host, the podcast host. Those are where my real loyalties lie. Those are my people. You're coming after my people, Tom. You do not come after my people. You will hear about it on the Sonic Truth podcast as I speak standing at attention, speaking clearly into a microphone from a standing desk marcus because that's what i have now a standing desk tell us about your standing desk i spend all day standing now and i have to tell you i get over the first week the first week is hard it's hard with the first week your glutes are sore your calves are sore your feet are sore but i'm getting over it i'm enjoying the standing desk i feel better already my back feels as good as it's felt in years this is the way to go this is the life today's mansion lifestyle is all about the standing desk in fact it's the vera desk that's the brand VeraDesk has paid me zero dollars but i'm so happy with it i will tell you go out get the vera desk no assembly required you can use it right out of the box have you considered the standing desk
2: I've got four monitors on my desk, so that's probably a little bit nice. too much for a standing desk. This is, this is the draft Twitter setup. You have to have four monitors so you can be tweeting every time. You have four monitors, you lucky dog. I am envious. Anytime you have four monitors, you, you have to uh, hashtag grind your film. It makes it a little easier to, to watch.
1: So that's how you post all those GIFs, four monitors. Already, you're doing your own Mosier lifestyle right? We have the mansion lifestyle with the Veridesk. Now we have the Mosher lifestyle with the four monitors. I mean, you combine the lifestyles. If you have a Mosher mansion lifestyle, you're living the best possible life available to human beings.
2: I might disagree with that, but thanks.
1: You're killing it, Marcus. You're killing it. I love it. I love the four. I love the four monitors But I don't think I would give up the standing desk to go for a monitor because I can already tell that this is the way to go I also have one of those very thick foam pads. This is very important You need to get the foam pad. You can't stand on wood or concrete all day That is going to destroy your legs. You're doing enough work just standing give your joints and your cartilage a break by at least standing on a foam pad. That will solve a lot of your problems. It's the way to go. Stand on a foam pad, stand up the majority of the day. I was impressed with myself because I thought I'd be sitting and standing all day that I wouldn't be able to take more than an hour of standing. I'm standing for four hours straight. I'm a stud stander.
2: Are you standing in shoes or are you standing barefooted?
1: Well, Speaking of Tom Brady, I wear these UGG slippers around the house. My house slippers.
2: You really are a Patriots homer.
1: I like the finer things in life, the comfortable things in life. I have an air of pretension around me. I'm not sure if you've seen my Twitter avatar, but that's really who I am in real life. I'm envious. And the standing desk has become a big part of it. Also a big part of my life recently has been Baker Mayfield.
2: Mm. That's a nice transition right there.
1: You like that segue? Says so a professional podcast segue. One day, Marcus, one day we do enough shows together. One day you're going to get there. We'll get there. So we need to talk about quarterbacks today, rookie quarterbacks. You've been watching these guys, breaking down the numbers. Talk to us about your rookie quarterbacks. Give us your top five, and maybe we'll get to the top ten, but at least we need to talk about the top five today. And then break down the guys you like the best and why.
2: So do we do you want the order right now or do we just want to go one by one? Give your top five
1: right now to the people.
2: All right. So in hurry terms up, Marcus. Do it. Give
1: us the top five. No filibustering. Let's do it. Get your list out. Get yourself together. Stand up straight and give us the list. Go sit up straight. Oh, that's right. You're not standing. Oh, you're
2: you poor man sitting. Go ahead. Sit up straight. Give the list. Number one, Baker Mayfield. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three, Sam Darnold. Number four, Josh Rosen. And number five, everyone's favorite, Josh Allen.
1: Wait, this was my default list that I put on the show sheet expecting you to move them around. Is this your list as well as
2: mine? Yeah, there's a reason I didn't move them around. You got them right. We have the exact same top five? Oh, my God. Are you sure we're not brothers? Brothers have the same top five.
1: Oh, my God.
0: On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good, Good housekeeping. housekeeping. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? John, John Samos. Samos.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. This is amazing. I did not expect this. This is a genuine surprise in real time on the Sonic Truth podcast.
2: We have the same top five quarterbacks. This is a special moment. Should this be surprising, though? I I guess I don't understand why these aren't the the order, why this isn't the default order, because it seems like the default order right now is probably what? Donald Rosen, uh, Mayfield, Jackson Allen. Something
1: like that. A lot of people have Rosen number one. A lot of people go Rosen, Donald, Mayfield. Allen, Jackson, Lamar Jackson is the most polarizing of all these prospects. So you never know where someone will have Lamar Jackson. But if you take Lamar Jackson out of there, I think the majority are Darnold, Rosen, Rosen, Darnold, and then Mayfield, Allen, Allen, Mayfield. I think that's where most of the rankings end up shaking out. And they're so fucking wrong because I actually think there is a decent distance between Mayfield and Jackson. And another distance between Jackson and Darnold. And then I think there's a smaller distance between Darnold and Rosen. I think those two are very similar. But I absolutely think that Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are head and shoulders above the rest of the quarterbacks in this class.
2: Yeah, and I would agree. So let's talk about Mayfield because this is one that I'm kind of curious about. Other than height, what's not to love about Baker Mayfield? Nothing. What doesn't he do on the football field that prevents him from being an elite quarterback at the next level? Is there anything that you see in his game that makes you worried about him long-term or in the NFL?
1: The criticism I've heard of Baker Mayfield is that we haven't seen him perform under pressure because the offensive line at Oklahoma was the best in college football and they don't face a lot of great defenses in the Big 12. And for that reason, there's very little tape of baker mayfield throwing under pressure you have to look at the second half against georgia for example you have to look at the senior bowl to find him making throws under pressure first of all that's not true there are plenty of throws that baker mayfield executed under pressure throughout the season it's not like oklahoma played opponents that never made it into the backfield i mean what the hell is that correct so that criticism rings hollow to me there were moments in every game where baker mayfield is making special throws under pressure And how do I know that? Because in order to have a 92.6 total QBR With 117.7 expected points added from the pass, you have to be exceptional both from the pocket and on the run in order to be that efficient at the college level. He is the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen according to the numbers. More efficient than Wisconsin Russell Wilson. More efficient than Oregon Marcus Mariota. You can build an argument that he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. That's why I think it's not close between Baker Mayfield and whoever you have at number two. And there's no reason that the Browns shouldn't be drafting him at the number one position.
2: Right. And here's the thing with Mayfield that I get a little irritated with. I He's an athletic player that can run, but he doesn't have to. I, I don't think he only, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think, think he ran for what, 400 yards this year. It was clearly something he didn't default to when pressure came around him. There's so many games that we can look at this year when he had pressure in his face, moved outside the pocket, made throws down the field. I,
1: Yeah, down the field, accumulating an 11.5 yards per attempt. Eleven
2: point five, Marcus. It was like eleven point one last year, so it wasn't like this is a fluke, thr- no. a fluke thing. You know, he's been doing this for a while now. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, he does it all, and I'm interested to see how he tests at the combine.
2: He's not unathletic, though.
1: He might be a Carson Wentz-esque athlete in that he doesn't have the straight line speed or the burst, but he does have well above average agility. I think that's what we might see from Baker yes. Mayfield because I don't think he he doesn't strike me as an exceptional raw athlete but I do believe that he has trained his body to be one of the more agile quarterbacks in this class and you can see that on tape you can see that when you watch him he clearly has a niftiness about him
2: right it, it's not it's not going to be a problem in the NFL I mean he's going to be athletic enough to make plays on the ground outside of the pocket
1: he just has to be able to slide around in the pocket in order to get nice throwing lanes like Drew Brees and I think right. that he already
2: has that skill he's been honing that skill for years I just think he's an easy evaluation there's you watch him on film there's nothing he can't do his size isn't a problem I mean it's not like he's getting balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage all the time it's not like he's not hitting down the field receivers it's not like he's not finding his tight ends he's just an easy evaluation he should be the number one overall pick in this class if the only concerns are his height and some off the field stuff it's whatever as a passer as a quarterback he is the best one in this class
1: Last two seasons, over 500 pass attempts, only 14 total interceptions. Think about that. And what,
2: 83 touchdowns? Oh, yeah, to go along with 83 touchdowns.
1: (laughs) It's not bad. Let's
2: just make sure we throw that in there. Yeah, we've got to make sure we throw
1: in the 83 touchdowns.
2: What about Lamar Jackson? Yeah, see, I don't feel like Lamar is a tough evaluation either. I think we make these quarterbacks a more complicated watch than what they really are. Jackson's not the passer that Baker Mayfield is. He he's not. Um, he's never going to be this guy that has insane accuracy. He's probably not going to be a guy that hits 66, 67% completion percentage in the NFL. But what he is going to do on a game-to-game basis is terrify defenses with his legs. I wrote an article about Lamar uh, and his rushing ability. He ran for more yards this year than Saquon Barkley. He was going to be a top five pick this year. Just try to comprehend that about how good of a runner Lamar Jackson is. We haven't seen anybody this talented as a rusher since michael vick i mean can you think of a quarterback that's had this much rushing ability uh since what michael vick maybe cam newton
1: over 1500 yards two straight seasons 21 touchdowns as a sophomore on the ground 21 rushing touchdowns as a sophomore holy shit
2: what 18 this year yeah I mean, he was just incredible. And teams knew that that's what he wanted to do, and they couldn't stop it. And guess what? They're not going to be able to stop it in the NFL either. He's going to run, what, low 4-3s, high 4-3s, high low four fours. Um, I think he's going to weigh in at about 215 pounds. He's going to destroy man defenses in the NFL because of his speed. He is going to be a guy that every single week is probably a lock to rush for 30 or 40 yards. Um, his arm is certainly good enough to be an NFL passer. He's got decent size, I think he's going to come in at about six foot three. Uh, his accuracy is spotty at times in the middle of the field, but he has no problem making throws down the field. I love him. I, I just think he is the prototypical quarterback that we want for today's NFL that can, it's a dual threat guy, can make plays in the air, can make plays in the ground. He's going to be a tough guy to scheme against on Sundays.
1: This is what I do not understand. So you have these project quarterbacks that scouts fall in love with because they have the athleticism and they view them as these dual threat phenoms. Think back to Ryan Tannehill six years ago. Yep. This year, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson has a lot more potential than either Ryan Tannehill or Josh Allen. So how is he not a top 10 pick and at least being viewed as a better prospect by consensus than Josh Allen? I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's like the Baker Mayfield thing. I don't get why he's not the consensus number one pick. I don't get why he's not a lock to go number one like Andrew Luck five years ago. And I don't understand why Lamar Jackson isn't projected in the top 10 to a team that wants a dual threat quarterback. Makes no sense to me. To me,
2: he's a perfect fit with the Jets. They need somebody that can be their whole offense, that can be a Russell Wilson type and be 80% of their offense. The Jets just don't have enough playmakers, especially with our guy Roby Anderson uh, getting in some trouble. They need somebody that can carry their offense, and I think that's what Lamar can do. Even in his rookie season, you know you're going to be able to rely on his ability to make plays on the ground. I might not always be the most accurate from game to game in his first couple of years, but you can build an offense around his rushing ability.
1: I'm in a number of two quarterback and super flex dynasty leagues and i'm probably not going to be in a position to draft rosen or Darnold or mayfield in the first round because i'm so locked in to these exceptional running backs so my hope is that i can draft a nick chubb or a rashad penny in the late first round and have a chance at drafting lamar jackson in the late second round in two qb and super flex leagues
2: So at three, you have Darnold. I'm pretty confident the top four guys are all going to be decent starters in the NFL. So I think there is a gap after Mayfield Lamar. I like Darnold a lot. I really like his game. Uh, He's a young guy that had to carry, from what it seems like to me, a bad team. How
1: old is he? 20. He's 20. That's very rare that a quarterback comes out this young. He's younger than Jared Goff when he came out of Cal.
2: He'll be the youngest quarterback to ever play in the NFL this year. Oh. Yeah, so he's got a lot of growing up to do, but he's got all the tools that you want. He, he's got a good good enough arm. Uh, he can throw with anticipation. He's an athletic guy. Again, he's not going to run for a bunch of yards, but he can absolutely make plays outside the pocket. We're starting to hear the comparison to Andrew Luck uh, from a couple big name guys, especially at NFL.com. Who, 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 who said Andrew Luck? Who compared Darnold to Andrew Luck? We got Lance Searline of NFL.com compared him to Andrew Luck, which I—that's a, that's a tough comparison.
1: He's not nearly as athletic and mobile as Andrew Luck and not close to the efficient passer that Luck was at Stanford. So that is not an apropos comparison.
2: Here's my comparison. People are going to absolutely hate it, but I think it's OK. Uh, I think he's a plus or a rich man's version of Andy Dalton. Um, and I know people are going to get upset with that, but. You put Andy Dalton in the right offense with a better arm and you give him weapons around him. That player can have value. Andy Dalton was a top five
1: fantasy quarterback three years ago.
2: Right. And and, and thank you for bringing that up because if you put the right players around Darnold, he can feed your number one and number two receivers. He absolutely is going to do that. He absolutely loved uh, Dante Burnett, their number one receiver at USC. He's going to force feed the ball to the number one receiver. He should be fine as a fantasy quarterback. I don't expect him to be uh, this guy that puts up top three, numbers every single year but I think he's always going to be in that tier from seven to 12 where you feel okay with him on your roster right
1: I think his ceiling is Philip Rivers and his floor is Andy Dalton he's a safe pick I would agree with that he's absolutely a safe pick for the Browns if for whatever reason they refuse to draft Baker Mayfield because they still have Johnny Manziel PTSD, and they were triggered by this Baker Mayfield crotch grab. If that's the case, then Darnold is a very high-floor player, and that's a very fair range of comps to put Sam Darnold in.
2: I don't think we should kill them when they take Darnold number one.
1: Wait, you think they? You you think they are going to do that?
2: Yeah, I I think that's kind of the foregone conclusion around the league that Darnold is going to be the number one pick. They just want somebody who is competent, um, and I think of the four that we talked to, that we're going to talk about, he probably probably has the highest floor of the four, of the four. Agree. Um, now Rosen, yeah, another guy that a lot of people like around the league. He's got a huge arm. <laughs> His personality off the field can drive some people wild. But I think Rosen is the type of guy that you put in your offense, and he's just going to make plays each and every week. Um, he's going to turn the ball over. He's going to have some. Uh, passes that make you scratch your head every single week. But Rosen, and this is going to sound sound bad, but he looks like an NFL quarterback. And I know that's a trigger word for a lot of people on Twitter. Is it? Well, that was the
1: whole reason you drafted Matt Ryan out of Boston College. It wasn't the numbers. Right. It was the fact that he looked the part, and he played in a pro-style offense. Right. And it worked out. Matt Ryan was a great pick. Hell, the Miami Dolphins are still wishing they had picked Matt Ryan instead of Jake Long.
2: I forgot they did that.
1: Poor Miami fans. (laughs) They needed a quarterback, Marcus, and they went and picked Jake Long. (sighs) They didn't have a quarterback. It was one of the most bizarre draft picks in the history of the NFL draft. The Miami Dolphins inexplicably passing on Matt Ryan. So, Dolphins. They're going to be the Dolphins, man. They're always doing Dolphin things. You have different personnel in the front office, different coaching staff. It doesn't matter. The Dolphins are going to Dolphin.
2: I think Rosen's going to be a good NFL starter. I don't ever expect him to be an elite player My comparison for him has always been Trent Green. I mean, do we love Trent Green? Is is Trent Green a guy that you think of as an elite quarterback, or is he just kind of eh?
1: I like the Trent Green comparison. If we're comparing him to a current NFL quarterback, I would go Eli Manning because he is streaky, and Eli Manning is the personification of the streaky NFL quarterback.
2: It just doesn't get me excited. No. He's going to be fine. He's probably going to play 12 years in the league. He might even make a Pearl War two. He's just going to be okay.
1: Yeah, he's going to be fine. I think his ceiling is a little bit lower than Darnold, and I think his floor is a bit lower as well. That's why I have him a bit lower than Sam Darnold! Right. Where he should be ranked at number four, not
2: number one! <laughs> we'll get over it together.
1: But I think we're also in agreement that Josh Allen is a top-five prospect. If for no other reason, then he has the physical tools, and that's worth a shot outside the
2: top four. Right. To me, he's a guy that I would love to see him in a situation where he doesn't have to start right away because he literally has everything you would want in a quarterback. He's got the size, I think he measured in at like 6'5", He's got the arm. He's going to walk into the league with probably the best arm. Uh, he's clearly got some athleticism. Uh, he's not going to kill teams as a runner, but he can make them pay if uh, if you're playing man-to-man defense. Uh, but that completion percentage worries me. You see this in, in the games. He can have a beautiful touch pass down the sideline, a, a throw that's just absolutely incredible. Uh, and then on the next throw, he's bouncing it five feet and short, short of the guy. So, I'm not sure what to think of Josh Allen. Uh, My comparison, again, (laughs) is another one that people aren't going to love.
1: Why are you underselling all your comps, man? You got to come strong. Your comps are your comps. Because so what if you think that it's a comp that many won't agree with? You need to show conviction in your comps. You can't backpedal as you're laying out this comp. Stop doing that. That's not what you should be doing. You need to force feed the people. Give them the medicine they need. Give them the comp that they need that represents the truth. What is the truth? Tell us the comp. Who is Josh Allen most similar to?
2: He's Jake Locker, and I I think he's got a little bit higher ceiling than Locker. But man, this is a guy that would make me nervous if I have to spend a top 15 pick on him. He's absolutely somebody that I would not want to see on the field for the next few years. Um, I I think Locker got pushed into a situation where he wasn't ready to play. Um, And I'm afraid that if if the same thing happens with Allen, he's going to be ruined. But listen, if everything hits for Allen... Could he potentially be Carson Wentz? Sure, maybe in fairytale land. Maybe something happens with him that clicks. To me, he's probably going to have a similar career path to Jake Locker.
1: I think the one area that it's going to be very difficult for Josh Allen to be on par with Carson Wentz, and that's information processing. Yes. Carson Wentz had a 40 wonderlick above the 90th percentile. My guess is that Wyoming's Josh Allen is not going to have a 90th percentile wonderlick. Jake Locker famously had a low wonder lick. Now, could Josh Allen be Ben Roethlisberger? That's also in his range of outcomes. It's absolutely possible sure. that he could be Ben Roethlisberger, also a low wonder lick quarterback who was drafted by the Steelers at 10 based more on his physical tools than his college production. Right. So that's why you take a chance with Josh Allen. It could happen. And if it does hit, it's going to hit big. He has the third highest ceiling of all the quarterbacks in this draft. His ceiling is not as high as Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield's ceiling is Drew Brees. His ceiling's not as high as Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's ceiling is Michael Vick. But his ceiling is very high. So you have to at least respect Josh Allen as a prospect for that reason. The problem is... The completion percentage is so low, and there are so few successful quarterbacks with such low completion percentages that it's just highly improbable that Josh Allen hits. I mean, you can set the range of outcomes to be this wide spectrum, but all the highly probable outcomes are all skewed on the failure end of the spectrum. That's the problem, and that's why he's not a first-round pick. He's the quintessential second-round pick. He should be evaluated and drafted the way Derek Carr was evaluated and drafted. He looks to me like an early second round pick. But for whatever reason, NFL evaluators seem to really like this guy. The scouting industrial complex has this inexplicable Josh Allen fascination, which is going to push him into the top 15. Am I right? Uh, Probably top five. No! No! Stop! What?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think it would be a shock if he got outside or past the Jets at six. I, I think that's kind of his floor oh right my now.
1: God. Oh, poor Jets fans. Are you telling me it's possible that the Jets go from Christian Hackenberg to Josh Allen? <laughs>
2: Well, they have Petty, right? That's the other guy, Petty. <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry. I'm a newly anointed Browns fan, and even as a newly anointed Browns
2: fan, I hold some empathy for the Jets fans. Well, here's the thing, and this the Browns fans are going to get upset as well, but. Listen, stop underselling it. You're not allowed to do
1: this. The next show you come on, you're not allowed to do the, I know people are going to hate this. I know Jets fans aren't going to like this. I know the audience isn't going to like this, but you need to eradicate the, I know they're not going to like this, but preface. Because it invalidates everything you're about to say. Do you understand that, Marcus?
2: Yes. But listen, Josh Allen might go to Cleveland. I know. John Dorsey, their GM, absolutely loves him.
1: No, I love the idea of them drafting Sam Darnold because it's essentially a defensive move against Josh Allen. Right. (laughs) Right? I'm fine with them not getting Mayfield as long as it's not Allen. Never Josh Allen.
2: I think it's gonna be Darnold or Allen. I think I think they've already narrowed it down to those two. And that makes me nervous as a Browns fan. <laughs> they've already narrowed it down and before the combine. I mean, of course they've done that. Josh Allen's coach who also coached Carson Wentz is doing an excellent job at selling that Allen is the next Carson Wentz to this team. And they're believing it. They they look at his tape, they see his size, they see his arm, and they're convinced that this guy only develops franchise quarterbacks. And and that's really what it is. His agent and his coach are doing a fantastic job at selling him that he is the next Carson Wentz. And he's absolutely going to get overdrafted because of Carson Wentz.
1: Oh, the Josh Allen sales pitch is on right now. His handlers are selling him and he is trying to sell himself, saying all the right things to hander to the cleveland browns fan base in that way he's really the opposite of josh rosen has josh rosen come out and publicly stated that he does not want to play in cleveland or is that just innuendo innuendo josh rosen is not trying to ingratiate himself with either members of the sports media or team fan bases did you see what he wrote on twitter before declaring for the draft nope after walter football announced that josh rosen would be going pro He immediately went to Twitter and wrote, please stop reporting fake news. (laughs) I have not made any significant decisions and do not plan on it anytime soon. All you guys are doing is making me answer calls and texts. Oh, really? Oh, that's too bad. From concerned friends and family. Oh, they're concerned. Yes. Yes, you heard their concerns. And you decided days later
2: to enter the NFL draft. I love media spin. I love when these quarterbacks try to spin all this stuff. But, um... Can we move on from Josh Allen? He, he's just, he's tiring to talk about.
1: If you're the Cleveland Browns, you should be selling the best quarterback on why they should come to Cleveland. You shouldn't be the one being sold. Right. The first person to buy the sales pitch, in this case, the one quarterback that's out here hawking goods in the town square is Josh Allen. So if you're a smart customer, you don't buy products from the first salesman that walks through your door. So for that reason, the Cleveland Browns should not be drafting Josh Allen. Also, one of the signature capabilities of the professional athlete is the ability to repeat performances. Absolutely. You can go to a practice and you can see a quarterback dropping 60 yard passes in the bucket. And then on Sunday, those throws are nowhere to be found. The ability to repeat over and over and over and over and over again, the same motion, the same spiral, the same depth of target, in the same circumstances, over and over and over and over and over again. It's not the ability to simply do it. It's the ability to repeat the feat with precision. That's what Baker Mayfield can do. And that's what Josh Allen simply cannot do. That's the missing piece. And that's a critical piece that the professional athlete must bring to the table, repeatability. And if you're evaluating Josh Allen and he can't show that, well, then he cannot be graded as a first-round prospect because the repeatability is the most important thing, especially for a quarterback... Where the turnover battle, it's the biggest determining factor for wins and losses. So walk us quickly through the bottom five. Who's your bottom five quarterbacks? Outside the top five, if you're a franchise who's throwing a dart on a quarterback in the later rounds, who you got?
2: So after the top five, there's a pretty big gap. Um, I know a lot of people like Mason Rudolph, and I can kind of understand why he was a productive guy at Oklahoma State. Um, He's got a decent arm. Yeah, productive
1: and very efficient. His college QBR, 84.9. That was top five in college football last season that was with his arm, not his legs.
2: Right. He, he's not really a runner. Um. He can run some of the zone read stuff in the red zone. So he's going to be able to do a little bit of that for you. Uh, my question for him is, was he made by his receiver? He's got two receivers in James Washington and Marcel Aitman. Um, Aitman's going to be a top 100 pick. Did those two receivers make Rudolph or did Rudolph make those two receivers? In the same way that we kind of wondered about uh, Zach Mettenberger, to a lesser degree, at LSU uh, with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I- I'm just a little bit curious to see what NFL teams think of Rudolph because, to me, he's a tough one to figure out. Uh, my comparison for him was Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he can make enough plays in the pocket uh, to be a spot starter, to be a, um, a a really good number two. I'm just not convinced that he's ever going to be an adequate starting quarterback in the league. Any takes on Mason Rudolph? CBS has Mason Rudolph ranked number one overall how is that possible somebody has to have a wrong editing error or something in there because there's no way you can look at that film and tell me that Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen Lamar Jackson and certainly not Baker Mayfield those two played in the same conference Mayfield was better in every single phase of the game how is Rudolph a better player Uh, that just doesn't make sense to me
1: the people at CBS Sports are drunk (laughs) that's the answer now what about Riley Ferguson from Memphis because I have him at number seven he was also very productive but he also benefited from a strong supporting
2: cast specifically Anthony Miller Yeah, Anthony Miller is a guy that I absolutely love I think he's going to be a star in the NFL
1: oh love him oh yes Oh, yes. Not DJ Moore level
2: stardom, but a tier below DJ Moore. Oh, I'm glad that we agree on DJ Moore. That makes me happy. We're going to have to get to him on a different show. We will be talking about wide receivers on a future show for sure. I think Ferguson, he's got the size that you want. He's got a decent arm. Uh, he's kind of a, a thin, his arm's okay. He throws a lot of passes off balance, though. He doesn't really have that escapability to make plays outside the pocket. To me, he's a guy that's probably going to go in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of the draft and stay on the back end of a roster as you know, a camp arm, um, a guy that maybe starts couple of games throughout his NFL career. I, I just don't think much of Riley Ferguson.
1: What about JT Barrett? JT Barrett is worth a dart throw in the later rounds because he has the size. He has the arm strength. He has the athleticism. He played on the biggest stages. He has the raw material. There's no reason not to throw a dart on JT Barrett as soon as the fourth round.
2: Let's look at it like this. You compare JT Barrett to Josh Dobbs last year, and I think it's pretty easy to come away with that thinking that Barrett's a better prospect than Josh Dobbs. This is a guy that was way more productive. He's a better runner. I think Barrett's got a better arm. Uh, His accuracy issues can be a problem on some of his deep passes. Overall, I think Barrett is absolutely worth a pick uh, on day three somewhere. Um, You'll have a couple different teams looking at him for a variety of different reasons course you're gonna get people wondering should he switch to a different position should he play running back should he play receiver no I I would agree no 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 the
1: one guy we know needs to convert to wide receiver is McKenzie Milton because McKenzie Milton is 175 pounds Right. So, McKenzie Milton should convert to wide receiver. He could be a Julian Edelman three years from now. So, he's a developmental wide receiver prospect who was just an electric playmaker at UCF. But sticking to quarterbacks, what about Logan Woodside?
2: You familiar with this guy? I have not seen any of Logan Woodside, so you're going to have to fill me in on this one.
1: I don't know anything about him. I just know that he he was relatively productive at Toledo, and his college QBR was over 70. And based on the numbers, you have to respect a guy that goes over 4,000 yards as a junior and then approaches 4,000 yards again as a senior. And what I like to do is to home in on the player's best college season, not his last college season. Correct. Because this best college season illuminates... His true NFL upside. That's the Juju sure. Smith-Schuster corollary. Yep. And that junior season from Logan Woodside was impressive. Talk about 4,129 yards, a 45 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio with a 70% completion percentage. So those were big boy numbers as a junior. And that's why I think Logan Woodside's a guy that that is the perfect guy to draft and develop in the sixth and seventh rounds, because he does have an Exceptional season on his resume, and normally you have to pay more to acquire a quarterback that had a season that was that productive at the college level. So I'm impressed with Logan Woodside. The problem is, he's not an athlete and he played at a small school, so it's a very low probability dart throw. But I would take a chance on a guy with that junior season in the late rounds. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, He's probably a guy that needs to be stashed in a practice squad for a year or two. Um, and then we'll see what he looks like you know, in his third or fourth year. The reason why I
1: would prefer a Logan Woodside is because a lot of times teams are making a choice of who to stash on their taxi squad, who to make their number three quarterback coming out of camp. And so often they pick the project, they pick the developmental quarterback. And those quarterbacks never hit, literally never. Jeff Driscoll's of the world, never. Mm -hmm. Logan Woodside at least has the productivity. So even if the scouts don't love his arm talent, I would rather take the guy with the 45 to nine touchdown to interception ratio as a junior and develop that player as opposed to just the raw skills without the production at the college level. Who would be the final piece of the puzzle? Who's the guy that you want to sneak into the top 10 and draft in the later rounds?
2: I like Kyle Oletta, uh, the guy that won the Senior Bowl. Um, I think he's got a lot of ability. He doesn't have a great arm, and that's easily his biggest fault. That can be a problem for a quarterback. Right, but I think, <laughs> but listen, here's the deal. When you are that late... Don't tell
1: Deshaun Watson that.
2: Uh, when you are that late in the draft, I want a guy that I at least know can run my offense, can make accurate throws, and at least get the ball to my receivers. I know he's not going to make a lot of plays down the field, but I want him to not be terrible. And too many times, like you mentioned before, we get too many of these project quarterbacks who when they finally get to the game, it's a disaster. Um, they don't know the plays. They can't hit the broadside of a barn. So I at least like Lululemon.
1: Oh, thank you. I was desperately wanting you to drop a cliche before the end of the show, and you delivered, Marcus. Thank you.
2: Yes, you did. The
1: broadside of a barn.
2: Perfect. <sighs> That's some of the scout talk coming out in me. I, I'm working on it, but. um We'll see. With Again, I don't love any of these quarterbacks after your top six. I, I really think you're just throwing darts with all these. So if they're up to me, I'm choosing production, um, and that's why probably Barrett is my favorite out of those guys from 7 to 15.
1: An NFL team needs to go out and draft national championship quarterback J.T. Barrett. NFL team needs to go out and draft national championship quarterback JT Barrett. I can't bear it, Marcus. I just can't bear it. That was a show, by the way. That's good. Do you mind me busting your balls? No, not at all. If you can handle that in stride, it so ingratiates you with the audience. They fucking love that. If you're just cool and you don't get up tight when that happens, when you just let it roll you end up having the cool guy high ground in the show. I always want to give up the cool guy high ground to you. Are you telling me it's possible that the Jets go from Christian
2: Hackenberg to Josh Allen? (laughs) Well, they have Petty, right? That's the other guy, Petty? (laughs) See, I think Village is going to be pigeonholed as a third down back, and I don't really love that.
1: It's crazy, because he's 230 pounds, and he's super athletic. It doesn't matter. I, I don't understand that. I mean, if he's better in every way than Kristen Michael, who's a great comp for him. He's like Kristen Michael if Kristen Michael could catch. So, isn't that good? If you're going to draft Kristen Michael in round two, if you can get Kristen Michael who can catch, then he should be flirting with round one. But the the, the way NFL scouts are and, and talent evaluation goes, it's just, there's no standards year to year. It's just whatever the amoeba of the scouting industrial complex, the fickle scouting industrial complex, whatever it's collectively thinking that year is valuable. We sit down, we guess how how the scouting industrial complex is going to grade player A through Z. We're going to be wrong a lot because there's no rhyme or
2: reason. Seems like you have some teams that are just all over the board in terms of scouting, just so random. But then we do have our ones where we know exactly how they draft every single year.
1: If there's one thing you know, if there were prop bets on position types to certain teams, there's one thing we know for certain. Dallas Cowboys will not be drafting a slot receiver.
2: (laughs) Gallup's probably the guy they're going to love a lot.
1: Ooh, yes, Gallup, yes. Does he actually gallop when he runs? Because if he looks like a horse when he's running, that would be amazing to me.
2: Yeah, he's got a little, like, a limp in his uh, run a little bit. It's kind of funny.
1: No, you're kidding. Stop it.
2: No, I, I, listen, go to my, I made a big gift thread on him. Go look at it. It's pretty sweet.
1: That's the best. That's the best when the guy's name aligns with his playing style. You know, like Dick Kiss, right? Just kicking butt, right? That's what he does.
2: Jim Drunkenmiller.
1: Yes, plays like he's a quarterback who happens to be drunk that day. All you guys are doing is making me answer
2: calls and texts. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. It's me, Marcus No, stop it, stop it, stop it. You start again. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. It's me, Marcus Mosier. So what
1: if you think that it's a comp that many won't agree with? You need to show conviction in your comps. You can't backpedal as you're laying out this comp. Stop doing that. That's not what you should be doing. You need to force feed the people. Give them the medicine they need. Give them the comp that they need that represents the truth. What is the truth? Tell us the comp. Who is Josh Allen most similar to?
2: He's Jake Locker.
1: Tom Brady, get over yourself. WEEI, get over yourselves. Fuck out of here, man. I love Tom Brady. I'm a Patriots fan. i to get the
2: fuck out of here with this shit. This is, this is the draft Twitter setup. You have to have four monitors so you can be tweeting every time. You have four monitors, you lucky dog. If you have a Mosier mansion lifestyle,
1: you're living the best possible life available to human beings.
2: I might disagree with that, but thanks.
1: <laughs> I'm a stud stander. Stand up straight and give us the list. Go.
2: Sit up straight.
1: Darnold, Rosen, Rosen, Darnold. And they're so fucking wrong.
2: I just think he's an easy evaluation. There's, You watch him on film. There's nothing he can't do. I have an air of pretension
1: around me. I'm not sure if you've seen my Twitter avatar. Uh,
2: I wrote it on our little... Uh,
1: if you garble a sentence, just restart the sentence and I'll fix it in editing.
2: I wrote it on our little... The
1: people at CBS Sports are drunk.
2: That's the answer. We got Lance Searline of NFL.com compared him to Andrew Luck, which that's a a tough comparison. He looks like an NFL quarterback, and I know that's a trigger word for a lot of people on Twitter.
1: The Miami Dolphins are still wishing they had picked Matt Ryan instead of Jake Long.
2: I forgot they did that.
1: They're always doing Dolphin things. The Dolphins are going to Dolphins. You need to eradicate the I know they're not going to like this but preface. Because it invalidates everything you're about to say. Do you understand that, Marcus?
2: Yes. Um, they don't know the plays. They can't hit the broadside of a barn. Oh, love them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: They drafted Josh Doxson because they like him. They're not going to trade him now. But it's just fascinating that they have their antenna up for a player like Doxson. So you can think about players like Doxson that might be a, a tier below.
2: Wasn't Doxson
1: a McLaughlin pick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he... I don't know if he was drunk when he picked Doxson or not.
2: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I've heard that they've been trying to get rid of some of McLaughlin's guys, and that's why Fuller was on the table.
1: Are you kidding me? They traded Kendall Fuller out of spite? They must like Crowder. Crowder's a guy that all coaches love.
2: Yeah. I like Kirk, but I mean, come on, DJ Moore. He's a stud. Is Kirk a better version of Tyler Boyd? Is that all he is? Kevin White. Dorsett. Perriman.
1: These are first-round picks. These are first-round picks. I'm talking about first-round picks.
2: This is why wide receivers are terrifying. Didn't Dorsett have like 34 receptions his last year at Miami, and he's still in the first round? Terrifying. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I wrote it on our little...
0: I'm a stud stander. You're a tier below janitor.